Hey everybody, this is Jason Bergman. Welcome back to the Tackling Sports Sponsorship Podcast. Uh, a very special episode, so, Maggie. I you know? know, I'm excited. You excited? Big stuff today. Do you want to tell the listeners or, or should I take it? You take it. Cool. No, you take it. No, you take it. All right, yeah, yeah. I set it up anyway. <laughs> but um, So, listeners, today we have an incredibly special guest. Um, I'm sure before you click play, you read the title, and his name is in the title, Russ Wild, the COO of Front Office Sports. Um, the We're honored to have him on as a guest, where if you don't know Front Office Sports, then you probably don't know sports. They're a leading digital media publisher delivering news, insight, authority to professionals and fans at the intersection of sports and business. Um, Russ, that seemed a little formal because I just gave him a quick background from your LinkedIn page, but you want to say hello and uh, introduce yourself? Yeah, no, thanks for having me on, guys. Really, uh, really appreciate it. Always happy to uh, shed a little light on what we're doing and uh, tell you a little bit about FOS and, and what we're up to. Awesome. So yeah, I I just I know Maggie and I have some awesome questions. So so let's dive right into it. And if Maggie or I try to sell FOS, which stands for Front Office Sports Guys, um, we're probably not going to do it half as well as you can. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit more about Front Office Sports backstory on you guys? And um, you know, we'll, we can start there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, FOS was never remotely supposed to be a business. Uh, <laughs> basically what happened was Adam White, our CEO, was just looking for a way to kind of break into the sports industry and landed on this concept of doing informational interviews, uh, you know, chatting with executives and publishing those on a blog of sorts. And so, um, you know, Adam probably worked on it for three or four months. Uh, and the way I actually got involved was he posted in our Facebook group uh, at the University of Miami for our sport management program. And he was like, hey, I got this thing. I don't really know what it is or what it's going to be, but it's helping me talk to people who probably have no reason talking to me in the sports world. Uh, so if anybody wants to help out, you know, give me a shout. And I think that was one of like one or two people uh, to hit him up. And then, you know, we ended up going to the campus bar in Miami. Adam bought me a Caesar salad and uh, haven't been able to shake each other ever since. But I guess, you know, that was probably, that was, October or November of 2014, and I think since then we've we've changed a lot. Uh, I think we've sort of like shifted our editorial strategy a little bit to be less like PR puff PC interviews about people, and more sort of trying to cover the industry, um, you know, from a fresh new sort of you know perspective, uh, and something that I think a lot of you know professionals in the sports space specifically have have been craving for uh, a number of years. Because you know, there's only been a handful of publications that have really covered you know the inner workings of the industry. So. That's uh, that's sort of FOS in a nutshell, uh, and, and sort of my my beginnings and how I got involved. Love it, love it. And how do you kind of decide what types of stories you guys are going to cover, and you know determine what's a good story and what's yeah. going to grab the audience? Yeah. So I think a lot of it is uh, a lot of it comes from just what people in the space are telling us. Uh, you know, obviously we receive a ton of pitches every day, you know, from agencies and teams and leagues you know, wanting to, us to cover their, what their work in the space. Uh, and I think a lot of it just comes from Adam, I, and our editorial staff just talking to people in the industry and just getting a sense of what they're talking about. Because I think before, you know, before it makes its way into the press, a lot of what's going on in the sports industry happens sort of, you know, inside the walls of the teams, leagues, properties, et cetera, that, that operate in the space. Um, so for us, it's like we, we really sort of pride ourselves, I think, on, 
trying to do like a two-way kind of communication or communicative publisher where you know we're actually talking to the people who make up our audience uh and, and it provides us a ton of insights and you know almost just like case studies of sorts for what we should cover um because i think sports also like it's very much sort of a a copycat industry to a certain perspective yeah. uh and so or you know from that standpoint like you know if things are going well at one organization chances are people want to talk about it because it was their work and they're happy about it and pride, uh, prideful about it so just talking to a lot of people and then obviously you know we have our metrics on sort of the back end uh you know that kind of tell us what people are reading most often and, and that guides a lot as well Cool. That's awesome. I can't believe front office sports started with a Caesar salad. I know. Who yeah. knew a Caesar salad? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. No, that's a yeah. <laughs> story to tell your grandkids one day, Russ. No, I, I love that. And I, I one thing I was so excited to have you on was because like you guys cover, I mean, everything in the space. You guys cover athlete sponsorship yeah. deals. You cover college athletics. You cover esports. You cover marketing, sponsorship, tech. You have a newsletter that goes out every single day with news stories. And you have a newsletter that goes out every week with even jobs in this sector of sports for, for people to listen to. You guys have 30,000 followers on Twitter. You guys are blowing up. Um, I, how do you guys do it? Uh, a lot of work. Uh, <laughs> I think like the, the one thing that, you know, we sort of have, have tried to lay out with, you know, our editorial coverage is like, you know, we don't, yes, we have sort of our key topics and areas of interest, you know, that, like you just mentioned, but we just care about telling things that other people aren't necessarily talking about, or even, you know, from the perspective of like, we usually, you know, nine times out of 10 don't cover what's in a press release. Um, I think for us, it's like, you know, say a news, uh, you know, a news or a story breaks today, we go to those both sides and we're fine publishing a story two weeks after the fact uh, and not necessarily playing the SEO game and trying to just capitalize on what's going on today because we know that in two weeks that story is going to be 10 times more powerful than just us rewriting a press release. Mm -hmm. um, so I think like, you know, for us, it's just largely about sort of quality and less, you know, and that's effectively kind of how we've tried to build our brand. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's paid dividends sort of, you know, because we've taken that strategy. Does that kind of make sense? Or? Yeah, no, that's, that's super interesting. And I know we cool. talked about the Caesar salad situation. <laughs> uh, and so I feel like every business kind of has a turning point. So like for you guys, when did it all click? Yeah, uh, I think... So I guess we have like two sort of sides to this. For me, when I think it, it first clicked was probably like spring or early summer of uh, 2018. And that was when we really started to dive in, you know, to conversations with, uh, you know, who would be our investor, Jason Stein of, of Laundry Service and Cycle, uh, and now Stein. But I think like until that point, I think personally, like, you know, I thought we could always do really great stuff in the industry. but. It was just sort of like, you know, we just didn't have the resources to really put our vision sort of to action. And so, you know, having somebody like Jason on board, uh, you know, with his background and, and, you know, everything sort of that he brings for us, like that was monumental. And that was, I think, also when, you know, we started to see some traction, you know, doing some video work and people started taking notice of, you know, how we were kind of presenting these stories, not just, you know, in written form, but you know, some of the quick clips we do on social and things like that. And I think that's, you know, to put a specific date, like it was sort of in that spring, early summer of 2018, when, you know, we also kind of got a little more familiar with, you know, the businesses of, of Digiday or SBJ or some of these publications that, 
you know, have been around for 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, and that was when things kind of clicked for us. And, um, you know, I think like there's a lot of examples of, of B2B publishers out there. And I think we, you know, we consider ourselves B2B now. I think going forward, there's a sort of this, you know, convergence of, of B2B and B2C that we can kind of, you know, play up sort of going into the future. But, uh, yeah, I think that would sort of be the point where we were like really excited about what we could do and, you know, actually had, you know, kind of the things in place to execute on, on our vision. Cool. Interesting. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And that one thing that, I mean, that, that kind of touches on it, and you said before, like communicating with your audience, right, and listening to them and, and really developing front office sports around the people who are actually reading it. There's no better way to do sure. that than actually meet them in person, right? And and something I love that you guys do is, you know, you just had the the front office sport rising 25 award ceremony uh, yeah. with judges like Nick Kelly from Anheuser Busch, you know, the head of U.S. Sports Partnerships at Twitter, and then you guys have the Huddle series coming up in May 10th. You guys are doing events. You're supposed to be an online publisher. I don't get it. Can you explain how and why this came <laughs> about and the, the value there? Yeah, so, I mean, for us, like, we, I guess, starting with the Huddle series, like, you know, we saw that there was, you know, uh, there was a lot of people hosting a number of, like, conferences and larger-scale events that, you know, served as platforms for the industry, uh, and those all served their purpose, but we sort of felt that there was this void of, you know, events or content where people could actually come together and have, you know, open conversations and questions and like tangible sort of feedback on how to do their job better or how to enact change within their organization. Uh, and I think that we sort of, you know, it, it started actually, so Adam, uh, you know, the Huddle series is kind of largely Adam's, you know, brainchild, I guess, but uh, he went to an event uh, that the information hosted, they're like a premium newsletter, uh, you know, subscription media company. And it was basically a one day workshop on how to build a subscription media business. and. You know, obviously we learned, you know, Adam learned a lot from that. And he sort of said, all right, well, how do we take this and try to build something like this for the sports industry? Um, and I think sort of hitting on the values of like bringing people together, having sort of like smaller groups so you could actually engage with the speakers rather than just being in a crowd of 100, 200, 500 people, you know, looking up at a stage uh, and actually having conversations. And I think with, you know, the Huddle Series, Hello series specifically our first event at Bleacher Report in February like it was very much you know like I didn't see a single laptop all day long and like we gave everyone journals everyone was taking notes and writing and uh, you know I think the term safe space sort of has a political connotation for whatever reason but I think we sort of have established like a safe space for the sports industry for people to come and learn and actually like you know give feedback and give sort of like you know ask questions about how they can do their job better and like it was it's very much like a non-judgmental sort of like environment if that makes sense uh and so obviously we have you know our ticket sales event uh in may with the Oakland athletics we got our event at twitch uh on june 7th as well and you know well, it's probably you know a number of those throughout the rest of the year but um very excited to kind of have that format and, and bring it to the sports industry because um you know, I, I think it's just quite frankly different. And, and us sort of understanding that there are a lot of other events and conferences out there, we had to be a little different with our event strategy. Uh, and that was sort of our, you know, our reason for, for building the Huddle Series. Yeah, for sure. That's super interesting. And I know you just mentioned eSports. I know that's growing so much and there's yeah. such a 
an intersection between like athletes that like esports like Josh Hart and you know Gordon Hayward and stuff and then you know actually the esports athletes can you talk a little I know like in the news you even have your own section dedicated towards esports how has that kind of impacted you guys and and what made you focus on that so much and how do you think the rise has like affected um you know reporting and stuff like that yeah, I think it's uh, it's actually funny. Uh, Justin Worden uh, was one of our Rising 25 winners, and uh, at our event last week at, at Marquee with, with AB InBev, he basically said, like, it, it was how great it was for him to feel kind of accepted by, like, the traditional sports ecosystem <laughs> yeah. as one of our Rising 25 winners, because he's like, this is, you know, he's dedicated his life to esports, and for him to kind of be recognized alongside people from, MLB and NFL and, you know, NHL and all these, like, traditional quote-unquote sports leagues, it was kind of like a, a funny moment for us. They're kind of like, hey, like, you know, we didn't actually think of it that way. Uh, but anyway, like, I think the esports sort of, you know, industry is uh, obviously alive and well. Uh, you know, and, and for us to be hosting our event at Twitch, like, there's, you know, the sponsor of that event is Gum Gum, and we are basically, like, you know, there's all of these companies in and around the esports ecosystem that see this huge opportunity, whether that's on the brand side, whether that's on the data side, whether that's on, you know, property side, the hosting events. Um, and so there's obviously a lot of opportunities there for, you know, for brands to sort of engage in it. And I think the one thing that we, you know, that we kind of have discovered, I guess, through our editorial and just having conversations with people is that if you're, you know, specifically from a brand perspective, if you're looking to dive into esports, it's, uh, it could be very rewarding, but you have to navigate that in a certain way because the audience can be turned off if you, you know, if you mess up something with an activation or if you're not seen as like, you know, if you're seen as too commercial almost uh, and not sort of impacting, you know, whether it's the fan experience or the overall experience of, of what's going on, you know, in the venue or, you know, on a stream. So, um, you know, that's kind of how we see things, I guess. And, and you know, we're obviously excited to cover esports pretty thoroughly both on site and, and in our newsletter. Um, you know, it's been cool to kind of see how our coverage there has evolved. Yeah, I've, I found that really interesting. Yeah, Maggie's a big nerd and loves gaming. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I unfortunately don't really know how to game, but I think it's cool how it's like, you know, has its own place in the world of sports. I think it's a, a big deal. Yeah. I just wish we were famous esports athletes. Yeah, That'd be too. awesome. Yeah, just sitting on a couch playing video games all day. But no, they they are definitely athletes, and we have so many athletes on open sponsorship. But um, I'm curious because again, you guys like you could talk in depth about esports. We could have had a whole podcast on esports. We could have a whole podcast on league yeah. partnerships you cover. We could have a whole partnership on collegiate, you know, college athletics you guys cover. Where are you guys going to be? I'm curious in like let's say five years down the line when you're not still just a smaller startup. Like, are you and Adam, the CEO, running for president? Like, what are you guys going to be in five years? <laughs> what is that vision? Uh, yeah, somebody actually, uh, we were interviewing a candidate on the editorial side yesterday, and they actually kind of asked the same question. And I guess I responded with, like, if we, if Adam, I, and the other folks on our team had time to think about what would we be doing in five or ten years, mm-hmm. uh, you know that we'd love to have that time, but we just don't at this point. Obviously, trying to trying to build what we're doing with FLS. I don't know. I guess the the one thing I always fall back on is like I'd like to probably like you know become a professor one day, um, whether that's going to law school beforehand or you know running like an internship program for for a school or something like that. Like just finding a way to kind of help, I guess, 
you know, younger folks make their way into the industry or, you know, get their start, I think like that would be sort of a fun thing for me to do. And, um, you know, I've always sort of thought of that, you know, 20, 30, not five years from now, hopefully, but, you know, 20, 30 years down the line, maybe that's something I'd want to do. But uh, honestly, we're just kind of focused on, on growing FOS and hopefully we can still be CEO and, and COO, you know, this awesome company that we think we're building. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I, we have one last question. Russ, you have yeah. an awesome website with unbelievable advertising opportunities. Can you put your sales hat on for the audience who most of our listeners are brands in the marketing space where they're always looking for the next best marketing opportunity? What's the value in partnering with front office sports and actually um, running ads with you guys? Yeah, I, I think the the one thing that you know we sort of probably do more than other publishers is like we we just don't view ourselves as like a marketing sort of outlet. Like we honestly view ourselves as I guess an extension of whoever we're working with, their marketing team. Uh, and we do a lot of sort of like, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, creative strategy that goes into everything we do, not only with, you know, the typical sort of like webinars and client case study articles and display ads and all that stuff, but, um, you know, with even some of our video content, right? Like I think that we have, you know, both production as well as sort of distribution that, that other publishers kind of like, you know, they also have, but what they don't have is, you know, the creative sort of mindset that we go to when building, uh, you know, when building a campaign. Um, so I think that's sort of like the one thing that you get with us as with other publishers is like, we're able to put our hats on, be nimble and really sort of, you know, get ingrained with the brand and say, all right, what are your core values? How can we kind of touch on these things and how can we position them sort of not only to folks in the sports industry, but just like sports content in general, um, their sports business related content. So that's, uh, I guess that, you know, I don't want to go too, too deep into it and, and have this become a sales, uh, sales pitch for But I think that's the one thing that, you know, we kind of pride ourselves on is just, you know, basically going to bat for all of our partners and, and making sure that, you know, no matter what, they're they're happy at the end of the day. And, and we're not just building something fresh. We're sort of aligning with what they're already doing. I love it. No, I uh, I'm sold. Maggie sold. I'm sold. I uh, we we love it, and um, we we really appreciate your time, Russ. If you listeners are trying to find him, uh, his handle on Twitter is Russ Wild Jr. You can follow Front Office Sports as well uh, on Twitter. They create awesome content. Follow their daily newsletter. Um, they they cover everything again in the sports world. And Russ, thanks so much for your time, man. Uh, really appreciate it. Thanks, Russ. Yeah, no, thank you both. Appreciate it. Of course. Thanks so much, guys. And thanks for listening to another episode of Tackling Sports Sponsorship Podcast. And uh, we'll see you next week.